From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body and we're tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Lindsay Rowe, who heads up the Purpose and Sustainability programs at SAP in the UK and Ireland. Now, we're absolutely delighted to welcome SAP on board as headline sponsor for our annual conference, the 6th All-Ireland Business Summit, which is taking place on May the 18th in Crow Park. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. In terms, you know, that's a very fancy title. In terms of purpose, SAP's purpose is to help the world run better and improve people's lives with sustainability at the core. For our listeners today, how do you go about doing that? Hi, good morning. Yes, um, yeah, it's always funny with a job title, isn't it? In terms of, uh, it's, it's almost like you get more points for, for in Scrabble for it. Um, so how do companies do it? So uh, I want to obviously share today about SAP, but also what we're seeing with some of our customers as well in, in that space. So I think when we think about sustainability, uh, especially recently, it's, you know, huge, huge topic in on media, especially coming out of the back of COP26, everyone's talking about sustainability. But actually, I think if you look at organisations, this isn't actually something new for them. They've actually for a long, long time been really looking at their strategies and approaches. But now it's that real headline. It's actually thinking this isn't just about the, you know, a nice thing to do or the right thing to do. It's really impacting business. And, and that's across a number of areas, really. That, that's impacting their shareholders, how they're getting investment, what their customers think of them, what their employees think of them. So it's like got a massive relevance in the talent space. So I think whilst it feels very new at the moment, or it's certainly hot topic, it's actually been something businesses have been thinking about for, for some time now and, and acting on. So if I think about SAP uh, specifically in that space, we, uh, we've been very fortunate to be the number one software company on the Dow Jones uh, sustainability indices for 15 years now. So as I say, it's a, you know, very much been part of our organization. And I think when we first started thinking about sustainability, part of that was around how, um, how do you actually build it into your business processes? And so for the first part of our journey and our kind of milestones in that area was about ourselves how we run as a business then as that progressed we started to realize that we're actually in a very privileged position we've you know got over 440,000 customers worldwide and our systems are at the heart of what they do whether you know running their supply chains their their core finance their you know HR whatever it might be that actually if this was built into their processes and into their you know kind of systems and their enterprise we'd have an even bigger impact from a sustainability standpoint. There's a real ripple effect there once you get those practices rolling out. Exactly. So um, I think when you think from a strategy standpoint for SAP, it's very much, you, you mentioned our purpose. Um, and then there's two aspects that is us as an exemplar, like how do we run our business and how do we operate as a sustainable organisation? How can we share that best practice? And then the other side of it is, you know, we, we've just celebrated our 50 years of, uh, you know, um, of operations. It's thinking, how do we as an enabler in our products and services, 
help customers on their sustainability journey as well. And as I say, really thinking about the data, the measurement and, and actually the, the processes that sit behind being sustainable. So what impact, Lindsay, can large corporates like SCP then have on the environment you know, through effective sustainable strategies like you mentioned? It's absolutely huge in, in terms of impact for, for all organisations. So I think when um, originally looking at some of these areas, and if, again, if you look at some of the prior COP20, COP uh, meetings, is that I think this year was where we saw the big difference of how much there was a reliance on business to be part of those discussions because people can make those decisions, governments can make those um, promises and commitments and that's important, but business is going to be where a lot of the execution happens. Um, so if you think um, from a sustainability standpoint, we look at all three areas uh, or core top areas. So you've got environmental, economic and social, and we'll touch on some of those today, but to your question, thinking about environmental, it's, as I say, if you think about the processes, so an organisation could be thinking about um, their carbon footprint. So from everything that they produce, the production um, from end to end of that, what is the carbon impact on, on something? But then what about from a circular economy standpoint, what does an organisation need to consider? And not just um, from a, okay, how could this packaging be recycled, but going much earlier into the supply chain and considering how those um, products that you produce, how could you actually start designing out certain components in the earlier stages of your, of your product development? And that's what we're seeing a lot more now when we look at the kind of responsibilities organisations have. Uh, from whether it's packaging or, or just the creation of their products. So it's a huge impact that everyone can have. And it doesn't just have to be big corporations. It's, it's every organisation. If everyone or every person is making those uh, changes, that's going to have that, to your point, that kind of ripple effect on, on the environment. I think the pandemic as well has added to that. If you think from a massive reduction in travel, um, travel's still there, but in, people are now have options. And, and we talked about that um, ourselves earlier, where you know people aren't meeting in that same way, flying, doing all of that type of travel, and all organisations have had an opportunity to impact their um, their own goals to get into carbon neutral. I think it's very interesting as well, Lindsay, something that you mentioned there, that it's not just the bigger organizations, the larger corporations that need to be thinking along this level. You know, even micro business down to the, you know, the one person entrepreneur, there's something that we can all be doing at many levels. And it's something as well, maybe that very, very often, maybe we don't give ourselves enough credit that we actually are already doing things, you know, to help in this regard. And I think it's very interesting what you said there that, you know, instead of just thinking about you know, the recycling side, which is, you know, comes at one side of it, go further back the process and to see from the design stage. And I think getting into that mindset is very important, especially, for, you know, at an earlier stage in business. Absolutely. And, and that point you made about there's so many people are already doing so much in this space, whatever the size their organisation is, but they're doing it and it's almost become natural that they forget that actually what they're doing is is really beneficial. Um, we, we worked with a partner recently just exactly on this topic where we really started going into well what are you doing at the moment because you're probably not as far away 
from it. So when we're talking with our partners and customers and we just start kind of scratching the surface, like, oh yeah, well, we've, you know, we've just changed all of our car fleet to electric vehicles or we've put in kind of electric charging schemes and whatever it might be. They're so pleased that they've done that, that they're not necessarily thinking, oh, how does that fit into the strategy? So um, you'll find in every organisation, they're already making those changes, perhaps removing plastic in something as simple as your canteen. It's all making a difference in in the overall steps that need to be taken. And, and for our listeners today, it's all of those small steps that add up along the way, you know, to, to have that greater impact at the end. So Lindsay, how has SAP integrated sustainability into its business? So if I think about how we operate and kind of run our business and how that's been um, sort of integrated, it's about the the decision-making is a, a crucial part of it. So if again, if you look at your processes, how you currently operate, actually taking the, the time away to step back and think about different decisions in that so we talked a bit about environmental but if you think from a social standpoint even down to procurement choices you can actually start making a difference to who you might normally procure from so um, uh, last year we launched something called uh, the five and five by 2025 campaigns there's loads of fives in there Mm -hmm. Um, and that was about how can we divert five percent of our traditional spend into diverse organizations and five percent into social enterprises and and the reason uh, for focusing on on that is that i think it can become really easy uh to you know oh we always procure from this this organization and and you've got a contract in place actually stopping stepping back and thinking who could we actually use in in that environment and we've done that at a global level and it's a campaign that we run with our customers as well to encourage them to to join, well, not just our customers, any company, to join uh, that that pledge, because it just makes you think differently around that. So there's, I mean, there's lots of examples of how we've integrated, but I think that procurement piece is often the uh, one of the later ones that people actually think about, but one of the easier ones to actually implement. So a great example of this in, in, in simple terms is coffee. So we had a traditional coffee supplier in all of our offices. um, And when we started to review uh, how we could perhaps change that, we now work with an organization called Change Please. They provide, you know, amazing coffees. You you know, you've got to get the- You uh, have to have the the taste there, yeah. Exactly. Um, But their whole purpose as an organization is to help those people that have been experiencing homelessness back into employment as baristas within in their um, ecosystem. So, you know, something like coffee, obviously, you know, uh, people are very precious about it, but when you think it's not a, you know, a huge procurement change to make that happen. And then it started to evolve from there around our, our suppliers, how we could work with different organizations. And when you're contracting with a larger organization who might provide multiple services, it's about how you influence them to then be looking at more sustainable um, partners as part of that. So it might be that they're a sustainable organization or a social enterprise and saying, we would, you know, to tender with us, to work with us, we expect this as a, a minimum. So bringing those procurement practices in is important. Absolutely. So that's very interesting because, you know, for somebody, you know, to, to, you know, for, to be a preferred supplier, they too need to be showing, 
you know, positively, you know, how they're sustainable, you know, how they're looking after the environment and have the same ethos to work with you. And then that will force them in turn then down along the chain to look at, you know, their activities and how they're conducting business. And I think something that we're seeing very much so on the ground is that even from, you know, an attractiveness from an employee perspective, it's a huge thing. That when you've got many commonalities there with good positions and similar terms, something like, well, how environmentally friendly and how sustainable is the whole business model for my potential employer? That that can be a huge attractive attractiveness towards uh, an employee taking up employment. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're really seeing it um, in terms of, as I say, you know, we think about investors and stakeholders and consumers, but the employee piece, you know, many people have kind of seen there's lots of people. It's a very much a candidate market out there right now. Real, you know, um, big push for digital skills. So, you know, they can really make that decision um, as to the employer they want to work with. And I was talking to a, a smaller organization recently and they were asked this question um, and as, as part of the interview process. So the person was off a stage and then they said, oh, I'd like you to you know, share all your strategy and credentials around sustainability. And they'd never had that, that, you know, they were suddenly as an organization almost scrambling going oh actually we, we need to be you know again they're doing great things but how would they communicate that and they just it suddenly made them think wow you know it it's changed how people approach things whereas i think before people were like oh you're offering you a job and you should be super great you should be happy <laughs> it, it's not like that anymore it's definitely a candidate's market to to really qualify the organization that's very interesting uh, overall lindsay what do you feel makes an effective sustainability policy yeah, so this is uh, this is something we've been looking at because it's something our customers ask us as as they're on their journeys as well. Um, we we recently launched um, something called Economics, um, and so obviously uh, you know a bit of a, a bit of a play, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a play and a pun in there. But when when you think about uh, sustainability from you know its impact economically, is, it's huge, and and we looked at the um, the various things that people need to consider. So one aspect of it is you, you need a sound understanding from a data standpoint of, of what you're actually doing right now uh, mm -hmm. on anything that you, you know sustainability side you can't improve on anything without having your baseline being able to measure things is a is a crucial part of it so we look at it um as five points basically um the first off is establishing the strategy what areas that organization wants to focus on being realistic to their industry as part of that as well. So, you know, for SAP, we, we're on track now to be carbon neutral for 2023 mm -hmm. and net zero for 2030. But for some, and as a software organization that aren't physically producing something, though that's those goals are ambitious, but obviously realistic. Whereas for some organizations, what they do, you know, it's a massive change of, of how they're going to have to operate. So it's establishing the strategy and, and making it relevant to, to their industry. Um, then it's about the, the data. So how do you embed data into that? Not only um, into measurement, but how that's going to fit into your, into your processes. Being able to manage the carbon and climate exposure. So that's kind of the third point of it. You, you've got, you know, there's legislation around that piece um, beyond, uh, and again, different by each industry. Then focusing on embracing that circularity. So we talk there about that circular economy piece. 
And then finally, the fifth point as as building out that policy or that strategy Mm -hmm. is prioritising people. So that kind of comes to your point around, you know, whether that's people as your your customers or your employees, thinking about where they all fit within the value chain. So it's kind of those five, five areas that people need to focus on. But then thinking, you know, where do you start? Start with, people have to start with the kind of regulatory piece first. You know, the bits that you're going to be measured on, potentially fined, you know, there's Mm. there's lots of tariffs around that. And then looking at, okay, once you've got that baseline, how do you start putting that into some of your processes? And then how do you actually make that scalable across your other ones? That's, Mm -hmm. so look look for the baseline, you know, regulatory compliance, get there, get those boxes ticked and then keep improving on it and seeing, as you said, how do you embed it in? And the people then being the final dial in the crooks, you know, be those your buyers, your suppliers, your team, your staff to make sure that everybody is on board. Exactly. Because then it's then it's at the kind of DNA and heart part of, of the business. People, every time they go to purchase something, they're thinking of that. They're thinking, is it sustainable? Is this ethical? Is this is this the right thing to be doing when they're designing something? When even down to perhaps even the strategy of uh, office locations, all of these things and, and your office environment will, will fit into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay, you know, once now, once once upon a time, not so long ago, you know, it was often thought that you couldn't be profitable and sustainable. The, the two sent two words didn't go in the same sentence. That you had to choose maybe between profitability and sustainability. There was a lot of misconceptions around it. Does a strong sustainability pros- policy limit growth in any way? I mean, quite the opposite. But I, as you say, you know, I think there was that. Like, oh, you know, if you invest here, you're doing it for, for different reasons. And it's it, they're almost seen as separate entities to the uh, the profit and growth aspect. And a lot of um, people call it green line. So you're kind of thinking of your bottom line, but it's the green line as, as, as part of that. And, and it really is going to impact organisations that aren't prioritising this. Because as I say, organisations in terms of where they'll get their investment, um, they're, they're looking at organisations that are, are sustainable and have that that um, future view as as part of their business. So, um, so if you think you're going to impact your chance of investment and where your shareholders are coming from, but likewise, if your consumer is starting to then make decisions about whether they work with you, that's going to massively limit your growth. And equally on the people piece as well, people don't actually want to join your organisation, work with you, attract the best talent. You simply won't be able to grow either. So it's now not a case of like, oh, is you know, is it an optional piece? It's mm-hmm. absolutely critical that people are looking at sustainability as uh, and, and as a driver for growth. We certainly see that from our standpoint. Um, if I look at the focus, the investment from SAP in this space and the increasing investment and how we've pushed it into our product roadmap as front and centre of that, it's not just a, oh, well, yeah, if you want to do something around sustainability, you've got something here in the corner. It's absolutely part of the whole intelligent enterprise. So um, I think, yeah, it's they're hand in hand now when actually... They're hand in hand. It's not, it's not a choice really anymore, it isn't. Exactly. With COP26 and, and so much more coming down the line and not only that, but I think people now as well have you know feel their own personal responsibility as well and they're bringing that as employees i think into the organizations as well exactly and i think you know certainly as we see um more kind of gen z millennial focus coming into the the business people's personal 
um, as you say, responsibility, their commitment to this. They want to see that that's replicated in in, in the workplace. Um, and it's a topic, I think even from the pandemic, it's massively heightened it. People have had more time to really think about it. And if you think from a social standpoint as well, so often that's the bit that can be missed in a strategy around sustainability. The social part's huge. If we think about some of the, you know, uh, leveling up agenda from a government standpoint, but also, you know, right now we've we've got lots of different crises going on globally as well as as locally. Even the, you know, rising fuel and costs, all of that stuff has an impact. And from a social mobility standpoint those individuals are going to be impacted even more. So how organisations can fit the social side into their strategy is going to be a big part of what they do going forward. And just with all of your experience, you know, you mentioned there earlier hitting the 50-year milestone, which is a fantastic achievement, over 444,000 customers worldwide. What do you see, Lindsay, as being their biggest challenge you know, as you know, in adopting, you know, really good sustainable sustainability and processes and strategies within their business. I think the challenge is about how you prioritize. Um, so if, if we look at um, when, when we hear from chief executives and from, you know, all of our contacts, you know, at all levels, everyone's grappling with this. They, I'd say there's kind of five areas that we're hearing the most. One is about having the, the resilience in the supply chain is a huge part of that. So sustainability naturally obviously has a, a huge impact as part of that. The customer experience side, so things are changing massively um, in, in that space. Uh, the other challenge we're seeing is on, on the people side. So that kind of um, em employee experience, that's another area where customers are really wanting to uh, understand how do they change that, especially hybrid working, flexible working, what does that actually mean in, in the go forward um, uh, space? And, and then the kind of um, financial transformation, so digital transformation and how that links obviously from a finance standpoint as, as part of it. And then sustainability is kind of core to, to all of that, but it's its own challenge as well. So I think with all of those, I guess the big challenge for organisations right now is that that's a lot of things that they then need to prioritise um, as, as they focus on it. And I think if they think from sustainability, not thinking of it as a separate challenge and thinking of it as one that um, can link into the other areas. So as say the kind of supply chain, perhaps the customer experience will be a, um, a you know, a better approach to it mm. rather than thinking, oh, that's, that's this thing that we need to fix. Um, but yeah, I think at the moment, the real challenge is there's just so much change. Um, and, and as you said there, it's, you know, knowing, you know, instead of thinking of it as a separate thing to have to do, ingraining it into the DNA of the organization, you know, and you give a great example there with regard to the procurement process, you know, and, and different channels along the way. I think then it slowly then, as I said, gets integrated into everything. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like learning how to drive a car, you know, the first time you're so conscious of every little step, whereas then it just becomes automatic. And so many things become part of what we do and how we do and how we operate, which is where I think SAP really are. And, you know, your your years of experience in this and how you're being such four leaders with the, the great example you gave there with your standing on, you know, on the stock exchange and all of that and your great accolades in, in that side of things. Lindsay, what would you say are, will be some practical tips for any of our listeners here today? Um, you know, who are, you know, across all sizes and ranges of business. Any practical tips that you have from SAP's perspective as how they'd reduce their impact on the environment? 
Yeah, so I think um, I'd say this for, you know, any topic really, but it is about just getting started. I think sometimes when people think about embedding a policy or a strategy, you, you can sort of, um, I, I remember I, I had a boss who used to say, you could uh, fall at kind of the altar of perfection, right? So you, you need to just get started, start implementing um, uh, areas, and then you can start refining. Because I think otherwise you could lose so much time in trying to get to this polished final position. And or you might start comparing yourself to other organizations and thinking, oh, well, we're nowhere near there and, and feeling quite defeatist. I would say um, a couple of areas that I would really recommend. One is join forums and be part of discussions in this space. So we're actually um, our UK, user, um, UK and Ireland user group, um, uh, if, if anyone, um, lose my words here so uh, it's a bit of an acronym so the UKI SUG so the SAP use group they're actually setting up a dedicated special interest group just around sustainability and it's about that best practice sharing so I think when you talk to more organizations it's the one time where it doesn't feel competitive people mm -hmm. really are sharing ideas so they're you know different heads of sustainability are sharing what they've done sharing their policies their content looking at other organizations and looking at how they've approached it but to say not in a like oh gosh in more of a collaborative way exactly and, and and rather than thinking oh they've done all of this and we're nowhere near thinking oh that that's kind of unique or we could try that um for example, we, we did a program recently uh, with Oxford Economics to really research what our impact was in um, from a local perspective for SAP. And that really helped us. Doing that research really helped us understand the impact we're having environmentally and, and, and on the other areas as well. So I think, um, say, one is about getting started building up a network of peers in that space. Um, talk to us, you know, if anyone's listening, you know, reach out if this is suddenly an area you're wanting, because there is people that want to talk and are very, very generous in their knowledge uh, in this space, because they, I think everyone sees this as, right, we're all on this journey. No one quite knows, you know, I've talked about SAP's accolades, but we're on the same journey. We're learning loads all of the time. We will be continuing to enhance our processes and our policies. So I think that's a big part. Um, and and just then prioritizing, as I mentioned before, around uh, what's the most relevant to your specific industry right now that you could have some quick wins on. Yeah, and that that's the thing. Sometimes it's seeing some of those little quick wins, you know, that can give you the confidence and spur you on to achieve even more. So if you are starting with a blank canvas, well, the best thing is take small steps because every small step is a step in the right direction, isn't it? Exactly. No, and it's very interesting to hear as well about the collaborative effect um, and nature that can be nurtured amongst companies and organizations and people when you do have a think tank even though we competitors in the one room we're all aiming for you know as little waste as possible as little emissions as possible um you know and eliminating equality in as much as we can and i think everybody having that same common agenda together i think great things will be achieved lindsay and look the best time to plant a tree if it wasn't yesterday is today and this is no different with regard to getting your policies and procedures in place 
Lindsay, it's been an absolute pleasure for joining me today on AIBF Business Talk. For any of our listeners, you'll have the great opportunity to meet all of the team from SAP at the All-Ireland Business Summit on May the 18th at Crow Park. And in the meantime, do check out their website on sap.com. Lindsay, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to actually sitting down myself personally um, in more depth and considering what more that we as an organization can do in terms of sustainability um, and that will have a positive impact on the environment. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you.